Recording. All right, here we go. Um, usually I hit record while we're in the middle of talking, but I didn't, and so <laughs> bad on me. Welcome to I Know the Owner, a podcast where bar people talk bar stuff. I'm Charlene Wellington. I'm your host and the owner, and I'm here with Claire Huntington from Finelli's Cafe in Soho. Hi, Claire. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Very good. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way to Brooklyn. So we're recording at Minnie's, Minnie's Bar in Sunset Park, because Finelli's is too crowded for us to record at, um, which is crazy. <laughs> and, <laughs> I had forgotten what a crowded bar looks like, and I went there yesterday to check it out, so I knew what I was talking about, and you were like three deep at the bar, and every seat was full, and every, I think there might have been two empty outdoor tables. Yeah, it's, uh, it's completely crowded over the top. Three rows deep since, like, you know, Cuomo allowed that to happen kind of bar situation. And I think everyone is really hungry to, like, gather in a space. And So you guys have been busy since, like, you got to reopen full time? Not necessarily. Okay. Like, we were kind of the last bar to open inside oh, okay. in Manhattan because the owner and his wife are very cautious about COVID and... We were really slammed outside, and uh-huh. like being a bartender for a really long time, it was a hard adjustment for me to just bartend to no one at the bar and just be a service bartender, yes. like pumping drinks out of a door. It was actually like a small torture. Yeah, so you would make the drinks, and then there would be servers coming in and out. Yeah, and then the customers that I usually had would uh-huh. come into the bar to use the restroom and try uh-huh. to talk to me, and uh-huh. then they would be shooed out the door. By who? By the owner uh-huh. and like the owner. Would you be can't there? be inside? <laughs> like no one can be inside. And I was like, oh my god! Like this is exactly <laughs> what I don't want to do. And bartending yeah. is just be an automaton. Yes. So was uh, there um like a machine that went or were they coming yeah, in? Yeah. No. The 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 machine uh-huh. is my uh-huh. biggest problem. It's it's been almost twenty years since I. Oh had to work for one of those machines, and I still, like, I'll be walking in a hotel lobby and I'll hear a dot matrix printer, and I, like, <gasps> yeah, like I gotta make a drink. No, it's horrible. <laughs> it took me a while for my ear to tune into that again uh-huh. after, like, being off for a couple months, mm-hmm. you know, where I was like, oh, yeah, that sound. <laughs> and then once I realized that sound again, it's just that sound yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's it. It's no that's matter your how, master. Yeah, the, the room <laughs> is loud, and I can hear that sound. Beyond anything. Where are you from, Claire? I am from Carmel Big Sur, California. Oh, wow. Um, Born at home to two hippies uh, in Carmel. in the house. In the house, yeah. Wow. And uh, they live in Big Sur now. Okay. And they're just content to get away from society and be oil painters and writers. And I don't think I've ever been to Big Sur. Everyone thinks of it as a specific spot. Uh-huh. Like, there's a lot of, I don't know, books and things written about Big Sur and people that go, I'm going to Big Sur. Uh-huh. And then they start driving south, and it's a coastline pretty much from Carmel all the way to San Luis Obispo. Okay. 
and it's pretty much 80 miles of coastline, and mm-hmm. they think there's some neon sign that blinks like you're in Big Sur. But it just... But it's actually, like, the point of not having a neon sign, and you're <laughs> in an area that is very rural. And it managed to stay like that. It hasn't uh, been... Coastal commissions and, okay. like, state park regulations and just the fact that you can't really build much infrastructure on highly steeped coastlines. I'm going to have to check it out on my next trip to the West Coast. You should. Did you start bartending out there? Uh, My godfather had a bar I grew up in, Uh in Carmel, and he was an amazing character. Uh huh. His name is Bud Allen. I think I'm gonna Bud Allen. That sounds yeah. like someone I would have heard of, but I don't know. No, <laughs> like it sounds like unless a famous... you're from Carmel, you don't know. <laughs> but he was uh, like Bill Murray before Bill Murray was Bill Murray. Okay. And he used to wear like a Budweiser hat with like a plaid pants and like mm-hmm. a Civil War coat, and what owned hotels and told oh wow. You know, Clint Eastwood, who was his good friend, that he should run for mayor because no one else is going to beat you on the ticket. Yeah. Oh, hey. Henry's taking a picture for us. Thanks, Henry. How- and uh, he was an amazing individual. Uh-huh. He, he also had a couple bars. Uh, and when I was growing up, him and my grandmother, who was an exceptional mm-hmm. woman, an old Broadway showgirl and tap dancer from Chicago meets New York. Your family sounds amazing. We yeah. might have to do two episodes. Cool, <laughs> cool family. Uh-huh. But uh, I just kind of would lunch with them. I like hung out with the World War II generation a lot okay. like as a kid. Because my parents were so kind of loosey-goosey that I was like, kind of felt more stability. One brother, brother. yeah, one brother. But he, uh, yeah, he's just way different than I am. Mm. But I just spent a lot of time with like the World War II people. Okay. So what they did is they Uh would go to lunch, which turned into like a martini, which turned into Mm -hmm. like 9 p.m. And I'm like, I've had like seven, you know, Shirley Temples. I mean, that was since I can remember until like 14 okay. and then the bartender finally was just like you know give her Midori Sour like at this point <laughs> so I kind of started learning so at 14 you had a Midori Sour yeah gross which is horrible <laughs> yeah which I actually tried again not too long ago and oh. I was like what was that and I was like that's so it's bad very bad but better than a Shirley Temple mm. so yeah I kind of grew up in his bar and then I cocktail waited at a um at a bar called Toots Lagoon in Carmel. Say that again? Toots. Toots Lagoon. Toots Lagoon. Yes. I love that. Which, ironically, I don't think it was intended, was uh, an old school Carmel bartender who used to run this Coke Den gambling uh-huh. bar. You don't think that was intentional that they called it Toots? He wasn't the owner. He didn't <laughs> name it. But the guy's name was Tommy Ania, uh-huh. and he was from Brooklyn. Tommy okay. and Benny... We're old school Carmel bartenders. So uh-huh. the house that I was born in mm-hmm. was two blocks from their original bar called Sadie's. And I don't think that was uh, coincidental because my dad just loved uh-huh. the, everyone loved the bar. Like Carmel okay. in the 70s was just like fun and whatever, a lot fun. of cocaine, whatever yeah. was going on. 
And then coincidentally, the bar, the first bar, bar that I work in, Tommy's the bartender. And I'm like, he's like, oh, Claire, I remember when you used to call the bar and ask for your dad. <laughs> like, I'd be like, is my dad there? Because I knew that my mom wouldn't get the response yeah. that she was looking for. <laughs> so he taught me how to bartend. And he was like, you just pour them stiff. You get tipped more. You work less. So how old were you when you were a cocktail waitress? 16. 16. Yeah. In Toots. Toots Lagoon. Toots Lagoon. <laughs> I love it. I think that's my new drag name. <laughs> I think it would be Toots LaRue, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. So you were a cocktail waitress at Toots Lagoon, and were the people nice to you, or were they like, like, did you look 16? Did I you look 16. 11? Did you look 35? But look I was 16? 5'11". Okay. And like, it had braces, though. You know. Uh, okay. Because I feel like when I was 16, I looked like I was 35. But then when I was 35, I looked younger. So, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah. I I think in retrospect, I looked 16, but maybe I didn't. To, you know. Things were so different back then. Everyone was smoking. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was very uh, Carmel. Everyone's like, what's your name? You know, what's your family? And I'm like, uh, all right, yeah, I'm with these people. Oh, you know those people. I wasn't Italian. There was a lot of Italians, but... Tommy knew my dad, so uh-huh. it all kind of worked out. And he taught you, he said, make the drink stiff? Well, I didn't know what I was ordering, uh-huh. like, from the tables. So I would just go verbatim. Yeah. Like, oh, you want a Rob Roy. Like, phonetically. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Phonetically, Rob Roy. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what is a Rob Roy? And he's like, yes, I make a Rob Roy. You know? Uh-huh. Like, oh, okay, cool. A lot of so, pink squirrels. A lot of... <laughs> I don't know. A no. lot of margaritas. <laughs> yeah. Like, Cadillac margaritas. Rob Roy, Zachary's, you know, uh-huh. like a lot of weird stuff that's kind of coming back. Unfortunately, I made like 10 lemon drops a day and mm-hmm. five Cosmos out of nowhere. Uh huh. The espresso martini hadn't happened yet, which is probably really yeah. a happy thing for Tommy, who's definitely deceased at this point. I don't, he's like, just do the cocaine. I think that the problem is now the cocaine is tainted with fentanyl. So yeah. the kids only get the espresso martini as like their espre- expression they, of they like... They don't get the cocaine, they just do the espresso no, martini. Yeah, they're like, I'll have my fifth espresso martini. And you're like, God, I wish cocaine I wish, was okay yeah. for you guys. Because like, I am so sick of shaking this. Oh man, I just had an argument with somebody last week because I... I 100% think that all drugs should just be legal across the board. You should be able to go into some kind of a pharmacy and be like, I'd like two heroines, please. And then (laughs) they give you like the exact amount of heroin that you want. And it's only heroin. It doesn't have fentanyl in it. And then you can like go home and do your heroin in peace. And then nobody has to die. And I'm not saying like make it morally right. That's not my judgment. I'm saying make it all legal. And get and the fentanyl so, out of everything. And get the fentanyl out of it, because that's Ruining what's killing the people. Whole deal. Yeah. And and then I'm like, you know, you're you're a grown lady. If you want to do some heroin on a Saturday night and then go to work again on Monday, what's so wrong with that? I mean, I can't live like that, but I, I don't mean, think a lot of people have for a really long yeah. time. Yeah, well you just don't hear about it. I also so. think that you know, medical grade cocaine that it usually was only accessible by like Huey Lewis in the news yeah. should be accessible. <laughs> should be for everyone. But then everybody, everybody. would be doing cocaine. It's better than and whatever the, is going on. I, guess, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> because I definitely was a bartender when Coke was more prevalent. And 
that was rough. So like you look and you have like a whole a whole sea of like people chewing their faces that are so ugly and they're so it's like gargoyles 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 and yeah and they think they're like (laughs) charming you with their and you're like oh my god what is like am I in a horror movie am I in that like Twilight Zone episode (laughs) I actually turn a mirror on a customer's (gasps) face because I I worked at Ace Bar Mm -hmm. for a very long time okay <laughs> and it was during I don't know 2001 to like 2013. Oh wow! And like at the end of the night, you're just looking at people and they're like, "Oh my god, please, this is so please horrible. stop shitting in my toilet." And they, like, <laughs> this one chick was so just bad. grinding her face, and I had a mirror like in the back because we would do our makeup like uh-huh. in the closet. I was like, "Look at yourself." <gasps> Did she go home or was She's she like, like Why "Why are you doing that to me?" <laughs> Like, you need to go home. <laughs> this guy is going to, like, impregnate you when you're not looking. Yeah. I don't know just what go you're going to do, but just you just, home. just... You just see it's it. Done. You still can't see it. <laughs> I don't know. So, so now, Tommy is teaching you how to bartend. Ah, uh, Ania, yeah. Tommy All right. Ania. And so when do you first get behind the bar? Uh, my first bartending job was 1990. Eight at okay. a place called Steak Freak off of Union Square. It okay. Was, uh, nine. So you didn't West. jump behind the bar in Big Sur and like help out? No, I moved to New York the week I, t- uh, week I turned 18. Okay. So I didn't get any bartending opportunity in Carmel. But when I got to New York, I modeled and mm-hmm. then I also worked in a restaurant. And they were like, you should be a bartender. <laughs> it seemed like you'd be good at it. And I was like, yeah, yeah I do like bars, you know. So I started bartending there in like 1998. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, I just kept going from there. And you just walk in off the street or did like a friend get you that job? I don't know. I, I thought about that the other day. I'm like, how did I get that job? I think that I went to a party. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I think I went to lot... 51 or 61? Like, I think it was 51. 51? On the west side. Some, like, fabulous club or whatever. Uh-huh. And I ended up meeting some people, and they're like, oh, my brother is a manager there, and you should get a job. <laughs> I was like, all right. All right, I'll take and a job. I took a job, but I was also <laughs> managing a jewelry store on Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. So it was very, like, two different worlds at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And uh, I just really enjoy bartending. Mm-hmm. And I had great customers there, too. It was, like, yeah. very, like, uh, advertising-centric. Like, some of the characters from Mad Men were, like, my real customers. Uh-huh. And I was just young and, like, open to conversation mm-hmm. and, like, chats with old, distinguished New Yorkers. I knew you were used to talking to old people. I love old people. <laughs> I wish there was more old people I could talk to. It's all like young people, and I'm like, you're not even talking. You're just emoting something on your phone. I don't even know what you're doing. You're just looking at your phone. I'm like, yeah. how are you? Hello? Like, <gasps> yeah, it's kind of stifling to have a yeah. conversation with a real person. Yeah. That kind of bumps. It's only going to get worse after everyone was stuck at home for two years. Yeah. No, I noticed that. <laughs> Coming back to work, I was yeah. like, wow. Are, are people having Socially trouble? Awkward. Yeah. Um, They're like diarrhea of the mouth or nothing. Yeah. And then they don't know how to be polite. 
I I taught a class at a, a podcast convention. My my husband has a much more successful podcast than this, um, and they they do these retreats once a year. And I offered to teach a class called Party Schmoozing 101, and it was really fun. And then at the um, at the retreat, there was a party, and I got to see all the people like using my Schmooze, schmoozing methods on each other, and like <laughs> like how to walk up to a group and get get in on the conversation. And I I think I might have to do it again post. Uh, pandemic. They need help. Like, help, help. Yeah, just in general, like, let's go back to talking to people in person. It's okay. We can do it. <laughs> the one cool thing about finales is that they never have music. Oh. So it really, like, makes people that. uncomfortable at yeah. first. And then they want to play something on their phone, which mm. is kind of inappropriate. And then they are unsure of like how to approach a conversation then eventually like everyone just talks yeah and you're like hey how are you oh you're from glasgow oh hello like oh what are you doing you're xyz it's just like everyone kind of gives it up at a certain Mm -hmm. point where they are looking for outside stimulus and like look to the people around them which is what a bar has always been because that's why they came out right because if they wanted to be alone they would stay home Exactly. So they came out to be around people, but then they forgot how to do it. Yeah. I mean, not to say I don't love a bar with music. I love music at a yeah. bar. And I really think it sets the tempo. But mm. I have worked here for like 11 or wow. 8 years now. That I think feel like that would drive me crazy to just have it be quiet. It's a very uh, interesting thing to see yeah. like play out during the day and how many people really can't handle it and how many people adjust to it. Yeah. And, and they go, you guys played music. And I go, no, we never have. Like, That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't in there for very long because I was sitting outside, but I didn't even notice. It's, but I did notice that it was, like, loud and crowded. It's extremely loud. <laughs> yeah. So, like, are you going to play something over that? Yeah, I don't like, think so. So I don't know. Maybe people try to talk over each other, which gets even louder sometimes. But I feel like in a bar, people are trying to... In a bar with music, in a bar. In a bar with music, people are trying to talk over each other and the music. I don't know. But I feel like we can... When it gets too loud, we can lower the music, and then everybody will lower their voice a little bit. Like, we have that kind of thing that we could do. I tell everyone to shut, shut up. up. I like that. The last bartender <laughs> before me, he, he would actually quiet the room like, shh, like as an announcement. <laughs> Did he make an announcement? or No, and he'd just be like, that was it. That was the announcement. Excuse my sneeze. So you're at Steak Freets for 13 years? No. Oh. Steak Freet from 98 till 2001. Okay. And then? And then after that, I went to... Uh, I won't say... I will say it, Horrible Irish bar on 47th and 7th called Langan's. Okay. Which... I don't consider know themselves it. fancy. Okay. They're not really that fancy. They're not fancy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. If the owner of the bar pees on the bar when he's drunk, does that make uh-huh. it a fancy place? Pees on the bar. Yeah. Like, are like you, are on you the fancy? surface of the no, bar. Like, on the, you know, like, kind of the, the bar underneath the bar. Like, on the floor under yeah. the bar. But then he would talk about his racehorses he has. But, like, you're still not fancy. Like, I don't care. Not if you're peeing on stuff and people have to walk in it that's like 
I feel like that's the first step in being yeah. fancy is like... No, but they consider themselves fancy. And I had I was the first female behind the bar. Okay. Because they were very Irish. All right. And I also had to wear a tie. Uh-huh. Which I thought was a detriment to everyone's tips yes. involved. Yes. I had to wear a tie and in a place. I don't and know. It was ridiculous. Why are you going to make... Why? Yeah. Why am I wearing a tie? Yeah. And then it was a 10 to 12 hour shift, five days a week. Wow. And if you got time to lean, you got time to clean. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have time to clean. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm and, over this job yeah. completely. And you're supposed to be grateful because you're a woman and they gave, like, gave yeah. you a chance. Yeah. Uh, but I did have some amazing customers, which made me stay at that bar longer than I should. It was mm. only one year. It was like the hardest uh-huh. year of bartending I've ever had. Uh-huh. Not for like the volume, just like the oppression of the spot. Yeah. But I had, uh, like, Steve Dunleavy that started uh, New York Post, like, uh, a current affair. Uh-huh, okay. The guy with the bouffant hairdo. Um, I want to say yes, but I can't picture it. But he, let's imagine he I... He wrote for the Post for a long time, mm-hmm. like, pro-cops, pro... Very... I remember a current affair. It was awful. Yeah he, yeah, he was the host. And then Neil Travis, the Page Six guy that started Page wow. Six. So he was from New Zealand... But they were all old AP guys. Mm-hmm. And so the post was across the street, and they were my customers. Okay. Like, during the day. So I just picked their brains and, like, love those guys. And reading Steve's uh, articles, like, I realized that he... Like his page six articles? Neil Travis's page six. Okay. But Steve Dunleavy was always just, like across-the-board article. Okay. And he was always pro-cops, mm-hmm. ranting. But I realized that he was actually ranting from the coat closet in the bar, and he would be dictating, like, on the phone. That's hilarious. 15 vodka sodas deep. <gasps> you know, but and he had, like, you know, a bullet behind his ear that he would make me feel every once in a while because he married the Yakuza's daughter, and the guy tried to shoot him in the head. <laughs> and he got, you know, Rupert Murdoch, his green <laughs> card, and I'm just like I love you guys. Oh, no. Like just for the stories. Yeah, but I kept that job. He's responsible for everything. <laughs> he got Rupert Murdoch's green card. I know. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> but I would use him on every application for like an apartment or job oh, or whatever. Wow. Like who are your references? I'm like Steve Dunleavy. Like talk That's to him. awesome. Talk, talk to Steve about like who I am, uh-huh. you know. And then Neil Travis. Uh, before he died, I knew he was sick. He had cancer. Mm-hmm. And he was still doing page six. And uh, and so he came out with this salacious story, like at the very end. Uh-huh. Because I knew that he just, he knew he was going down. So he's uh-huh. like, all right. He's like, Mike Piazza's gay. And he's having uh, sex with Sam Champion. And they're buying a house. <laughs> And, like, it became, like, this huge news story to the point where Mike Piazza had to have a news conference Uh and be like, I'm not gay. (laughs) I'm not with Sam Champion. And then, like, Neil Travis just died. And he was just, like, he just dropped the mic off. Was Was it true? Was it not true? No, it was not true. But it was, like, the end of his, like, society gossip career. And he was just, like... I'm just going to make some crazy shit up. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I was like, <laughs> I was like that's, that's quite a good one to wow. go out on. But I love to say, it was just us during the afternoons, mm-hmm. and I just talked to those guys. And 
That sounds yeah. fun. I would have never stayed if it wasn't for them. Yeah. I love Judy Garland, but Judy Garland show tunes and like four other CDs on rotation for Ooh, one it's year. It's too much. Same five no, CDs for no. one year is rough. No. And then that was it. Because, <laughs> it was rough. Did you play like old Irish like funeral music or no? No. It Only was if there's like, It was like pre-theater. <laughs> it was horrible. And then I went down to the East Village to work after that. So, so then, was, so then, where? So wait. So did you quit? Do you remember how you quit? I did. Did you? Were you like take this job and shove it? No, I was very <laughs> respectful. I was like, hey, I got a job at the radio bar, like okay. on you know first and seventh WCOU Tile Bar, mm-hmm. and I worked both of them like seven days a week for like three weeks. So I gave them two uh-huh. weeks, and they asked me for another week, and then. Uh, they didn't accept my resignation and have me work a party at the Irish consulate <laughs> for some book signing or whatever, and I left. Mm-hmm. And then the Des O'Brien, the owner, goes, you're fired. You didn't ask for us to, like, leave. And I'm like, I quit, I quit like, three, three weeks, weeks ago. ago. Like, I worked this party, like, as a favor. Seriously. Like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I quit, I guess, on a good note. I don't know. Not sure, but I you haven't had to like, go back there, so that's good. So you, you never no, have to find out. And they're not there anymore. <laughs> and I did love the bar across the street. It was amazing. It was called the Veranda Ooh. on 47th and 7th, like mid-block. And there was an old Ukrainian guy, Stanley, that no matter what drink you ordered, it was in a balloon glass filled with uh-huh. ice. As I'm a trying triple. to picture it because I used to work on 53rd and 7th. At the Sheridan, so that would have been within drinking distance for us. But we had like our two spots. We'd go to like Rosie O'Grady's or Faces and Names, and that was it. Rosie O'Grady was kind of a oh, sister and, bar to Langens. Oh yeah, and sometimes um, the Playwright, the Playwright Tavern. Playwright was good. Yeah, the veranda was great though. It's not there anymore. No, hmm. I'm, I made really good friends with some of the regulars there. Uh huh. Guy named Dominic. He had an eye patch. He was from Coney Island. He was found in a field. Like, an unbelievable story, really. I, you have I, a good memory for all this. Did you bartend that guy. sober all these years? Or? No. <laughs> no, that was my break from bartending. I'd get to go to the veranda for like an hour. <laughs> no, Dominic, Dominic was unbelievable. He uh, was from Coney Island. He got involved with the mob, wanted to get out. He the I Know the Owner podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Disputes the existence of the mob. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so he said, I don't want to be associated with you anymore. I love uh, this girl. Went uh, to a dance. They killed the girl. Oh, my God. Shot her. Yeah. And then uh, he just decided to get out of Coney Island. So okay. he moved to, I think, I like Bensonhurst. It wasn't like that far away, but he oh, just got out it, of yeah, like, <laughs> you know. It's like the same. He, he got away from Mickey, Mickey Ping or whatever. I from guess. From Gorgulos. And, uh, and then he became a location scout for movies. Oh, wow. And he was a homophobe, but they uh-huh. thought that it would be really funny for him to be the scout for Cruisin', the movie. Awesome. So he did the, <laughs> he did the location scouting for cruising. Was it was this still in the nineties? No, uh, this is in the early two thousands. I think late eighties. Oh, late eighties. Cruising, oh, okay. like Al Pacino. Yeah. Got it. I was like, because everybody was a homophobe back then. Oh, I mean, he was from the nineteen sixties. Got it. Like born probably late fifties. Mm. But uh, I mean, it's not okay, but. 
No, obviously he wasn't a homophobe, yeah. but they all were. Yeah. So he kind of felt like he had to be. But yeah, he uh, he then became like a, a film cinematographer for. Uh, oh wow! Like the Young and the Restless or something. Like he ended is he still up, alive? I hope so. <laughs> probably not. Oh, that was two thousand one. Okay. He's probably seventy. No, he's probably dead. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. I like Dominic, though. <laughs> <laughs> and so then you started to work at um, WXOU. WXOU and, and Ace Bar. And Ace Bar. And Magician. Ace? When they started. Uh-huh. Ace Bar was, like, kind of a crazy place. Definitely was. <laughs> it was what was that like? It was... I love my coworkers. It was great. Uh-huh. It was... Uh, I don't know. There's like an influx of NYU that comes every year mm-hmm. that makes it a little less cool. Yeah. But then like the people that work there were really cool. Mm-hmm. So everyone was kind of like, oh, my band's going on tour or mm-hmm. hey, we're doing this or hey, I got fired. I got to work at Manitoba's now, uh-huh. which was like, <laughs> like the uh, like the, the ongoing joke. You're like, oh, man, if I get fired, I got to work at Manitoba's. Oh, no. Like, I don't want to. I wonder if I could get... Dick Manitoba on my podcast. I don't know. I don't know. He's kind of in a, he's in the shadows right now. Isn't oh, yeah. He? That guy is ridiculous. Oh, no yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> His wife is the worst bartender I've ever seen. Um, oh, yeah. Or ex, ex-wife. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> no. She, did she work at, at Manitoba's? She did, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a while. Um, I spent some time at, I, I want to say recently, but probably like 10 years ago, I spent some time there because I had some friends that lived like upstairs. And then suddenly I was back. Roxy at, and... At, no, it wasn't Roxy. Oh. <laughs> I was like, Joe and Roxy? Like, no. <laughs> but suddenly I was like back hanging out at Manitoba's and I was like, like back in that neighborhood and I was like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> It's a funny, I don't know. It's kind of like I felt he did the same thing like the Rolling Stones at Altamont. Like, oh, I'll have the DMS like be my security at the door. Mm-hmm. And then I can't believe something went wrong. Yeah. And you're like, well, you have DMS for your security. What do you think is going to go on? Yeah. You have more <laughs> co-dealers than wrong people there? in the room. Anything specific that I don't know about? Oh, a lot of things. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> pool balls and socks to people's heads and curbing yeah and, you know not like oh you're starting a ruckus in the bar it was like the security started the ruckus in the bar yeah I mean rest in peace a lot of those people are dead that were the security yeah but uh yeah it was wild for I mean, quite a while there it's hard to find the nice balance of security that's like not afraid to get their hands dirty but not out to get their hands dirty. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that he had a great thing going with, like, his street cred. And then mm. he kept the street cred going, going, going to, like, security and otherwise. And you're like, you can't... That doesn't actually work. You know, yeah. you can't actually have gang members doing your security. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, you know, 50-50 drug dealers to people in the bar. Yeah. Because it got so territorial. It's like, like, there'd be, like, corners... You're like, naming a lot of names. 
You're naming. I was like, if there's anything that you don't want to talk about, we can. And I'm like, I'm like getting nervous. I'm like, you got gang gang members, you got mafia, you got you got restaurants that I'm not even going to repeat the names of. I'm like, I'm sweating in here. Uh, they're, they're all cool. They all have my number. They want to call me. They can talk. I mean, I don't want them to call me though. If you, you know, call, call Claire. Don't call me. I have nothing to do with this. Yeah, I don't know if Handsome Dick will do the interview after this. He'll be like, "What? Yeah, Hunty. What did she say? He won't listen. He's not gonna listen." <laughs> so, yeah. so you've been working in the village or wherever, and and you were at WXOU. That's where you met Vanessa. My friend who introduced us. She is the best. She is the best. And um, she's funnier than I am. <laughs> she's I'll funnier than I am. I know. <laughs> she's, she's top five funny chicks, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And a good bartender, which is very and a good hard. Bartender. Very yes. hard to like couple yes. those two things together. Yes. I mean, and like knows how to close the bar down even if she's drunk like that's what like we all old do. school you bar, just do bartender. it yeah yeah it's it's been a while i am i'm definitely rusty you shut I, the one eye and you count the money <laughs> yes i mean you got to get the money right or you wake up in the middle of the night which is actually like 8 a.m and you panic and you go back in to work i was just talking to a, i was just talking to a <laughs> old friend today about like hey did you ever like go home with your entire drop and like forget to drop oh, it oh no did you I did not but she did <laughs> and I one night I was like is this my tips and my drop or is this my tips like uh-huh. what do I have the drop sheet I, I, have... was a, I was a youth I mean I was 23, 24 and I'm like well let's just go through that sheet again <laughs> I've never gone home with my drop um <laughs> But I've definitely like gotten up the next day and like went back and to like, in more to, like no no oh. to like make sure my drop was right like to make sure I dropped my drop and oh. my money was right like like you know like you get home and you're like did How I lock the door back in there you can't get I can never get back in that little slot that just I mean not turns. every not every place has a slot but yeah I just don't have the key to the safe. Yeah. I had blind drops everywhere I worked. Oh, so, yeah? So no, I I've was had like, all right. Drops where you... I mean, when I had blind drops, I just woke up the next day panicked and, like, couldn't do anything <laughs> about it. Um, but I left with all of my cash once. It was the day of the blackout. Uh, and I had given... I had given two weeks' notice. I was working at the West End in Times Square. I had given two weeks' notice, and then... I got sick um, with bronchitis. I, ha- I used to have a lot of trouble with my asthma. And so it, so I was out for like four days during my two weeks. And they didn't believe me that I was sick. They thought I was just being an asshole. And I wasn't because I was kind of sad to leave. Um, but I wanted to go back to school. And they wouldn't let me drop a shift. And it was just too much. So I wouldn't have just like missed my last two weeks. And I was supposed to have a big party that night for, like, my last day. And I made invitations that were, like, temporary tattoos. Like, I was going all out. Like, I was so excited. Um, I think my party was going to be at Coliseum, like, after work. And then the fucking blackout happened. Oh, yeah. I remember that day very well. Yeah. 
And when you work in a hotel, our customers were such assholes about it. They were like, they're like, make uh, it turn back on. Make I know. It turn back on. And they're like, um, my beer is cold, is warm. And it's like, yeah, there's no power. Like, what do you want us to do? And we had this new manager that had only just started, and we had to go analog. And instead of helping, he was like watching us to make sure we weren't stealing. Oh. And because there and was no like a, there was no register. machine. Yeah. <laughs> and. And I was like, instead of like standing there with your arms crossed looking at me, why don't you like help me? Um, so it was super annoying. And then my friend went out to have a cigarette and I went out with him. And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. And he was done with this. He was about to be done with his shift. And he was like, I'm going to have a drink. And I was like, I'm going with you. And I just left with all <laughs> my cash in my pocket. And I just went to the bar and... Um, Nobody had any money on them because there were no no, ATMs. I remember very well. Right? So I bought everybody drinks because I had all the money on me. (laughs) And so I just bought everybody (laughs) drinks all night. Um, But then the next day I came back and like... Amended. Amended and like gave them the money. Like I went home and I got money and I brought it back and I I did like my drop. But yeah, I left with the whole, like my whole... Waitressing skirt, yeah, like Your filled with apron. yeah, my apron filled, filled with <laughs> filled with ca- like ones and fives and just like yeah. nobody had cash. No, I was the only one with cash on me. I got so that day, I lived on Fourth Street and I go mm-hmm. to Key Food and I'm uh-huh. like buying some meat for uh-huh. a barbecue later that day. The power goes out. I was like, and like the the. Butcher was uh-huh. so fucking pissed off. And he's just like, motherfucker, power's <laughs> off. And I'm like, well, I just want to buy this. And then the registers didn't work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, nobody can buy anything. And I'm yeah. like, ah. So I go to Tile Bar. I open the bar. Uh-huh. It's hot. Yeah. I'm bothered. I thought it was a local thing. Then yeah. I started realizing it's not so local. And so it was kind of after the smoking ban. So I was like, yeah. whatever, it's a little lawless. Uh-huh. Like, go ahead, guys. Like, smoke some cigarettes. <laughs> we'll open the door. There's a guy in a wheelchair panhandling for money, which I had never seen him before or since. Uh-huh. And he's like, he finally rolls in after like an hour, hour and a half. And he's like, do I have enough for a Heineken? Heineken's worth $3. Uh-huh. Buds were two, Heineken's three. Tile bar keeps drinks, their prices low. Jameson three. Like it was low. And I'm like, buddy, nobody's got money right now. Like we're all running the tap. Like yeah. you shouldn't have been out there for so long. It's like panhandling. Like well, you want a Heineken? Keep the change. It's <laughs> like, don't worry about it. That's awesome. And I just had running tabs for all like my locals. Mm-hmm. They're like, just do it. And they cops came in like right before dark and I'm like what's going on? I thought they were going to like bust me for having people smoke in uh-huh. the bar. They're like we just recommend that you close before dark because it's going to get dangerous. I was like no problem. <laughs> I'm happy. Done. I'm done. Like uh-huh. shut the gates you know. And uh, I opened the next day still no power. They were the last with no power. Oh wow. So like we barely skimped by on the ice then the power comes on like it my shift was 5 to 8. Mm. 8.05, the power comes back on. I was like, gates down, we're closed. Like, no <laughs> way I'm working, like, all night. <laughs> like, I was like, no. Like, that's enough. Like, two days blackout, yeah. bartending. I'm like, no. And I went to Mars Bar that uh-huh. night after that shift. 
What was Mars Bar like? It was great. Yeah? It was insane. I mean, it's always insane, but... And they they never, like, adhered to the smoking ban anyway. Well, they barely had ice either. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, like, my friend, we both had white t-shirts on with a marker, and we're like, I blacked out on the blackout Mars Bar (laughs) with a date on it. And I was like, all right, cool. (laughs) Yeah, they they, they never, you know, they don't play by the rules. Yeah. I thought that was the best place to go. Totally. That was a crazy moment. That was crazy. I, I thought I was so lucky because I had a car and I had my car, but it was in the hotel's parking lot that uses elevators. No! So I had to leave my car and come back for my car. Yeah. That really sucked. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so when, so you're working at, at Tile Bar, you're working at Magician. When did you start working at um, Finelli's? Uh, I think 2014. And how did you get that job? The owner, one of the owner's friends was a customer of mine at Tile Bar. Okay. Guy named Todd. Very mm-hmm. easy Just to see. Just love with. naming names. Red All right, wine. Todd. Shout out to Todd. Red wine. Get <laughs> the trail mix. Chilled out. Uh, and the owner was a good friend of his, so he would come in. Mm-hmm. And then... I got away from bartending for a second, which Uh was kind of nice and different. What'd you do? That I can't name so many names about. Okay. I worked for an actress. Okay. But, uh, yeah, so I thought I got away, and then I didn't, so... Uh, Wouldn't it be funny if I just spent the whole rest of the podcast naming actresses? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, nope, nope, nope. Can't say. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I won't. I but won't. There was a very, like, you know, larger-than-life bartender mm-hmm. that worked at at uh, Finelli's for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then he was leaving. So they kind of were just trying to fill his shoes. Mm-hmm. And Todd was like, Claire, Claire's perfect. Yeah, and, I, and so the owner called me. and was like, "So, what do you think? You wanna you wanna bartend?" I was like, "No, <laughs> I don't want to bartend again." <laughs> He's like, "You're perfect. You should do it." You were like, "I got out." He's like, "What about like two days a week?" And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> oh my god, really?" <laughs> and then, uh, so yeah, then I did like two days a week, and then what days? I don't know. It was like lame days. It was uh. like. Wednesday, days or nights? Thursday or something. Was day. it days or nights? Days. I and mean, it was busy days, too. I mean, it still was, like, good enough to live off of two uh-huh. days. Yeah. You know, wow. I was like, okay. All right, I guess I'm a bartender again. Like, uh-huh. humble pie. Like, uh-huh. here we go. Even though, it, like, I love bartending. It's just, it's <laughs> funny when you get away from it, you're like, I'm never wow, doing that again. that's amazing. You can actually make money doing something else. It, it is amazing, because I... Tried so That's many hard. things and, yeah. and always came back. They're like, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I, I thought know. I was out. I, I don't think I ever had both feet out. I always had like one foot I out. I always one had foot one in. foot in. Yeah. yeah. I still uh, had my apartment here. Like, I, I was uh-huh. just like, oh, just in case. And I was like, oh, just in case happened. So yeah. I'm back to square one. So, you, so that was 2014. Yes. And you've been there. And, and Finelli's is how old? From 1847. Wow. Not the same owners. No, it's uh, 
Let's see. One, two. Because that would be crazy. <laughs> Five owners. Five owners. So Mr. Finelli sold it to the current family uh-huh. in 19, like, 70, 80. Like oh, 80, wow. 1980. So it has five owners now. No, from oh, it's 1847 had... since. So, like, 1847 to 1860 uh-huh. was one owner. Okay. 1860 to, like, 1900 was one owner. Mm-hmm. 1900, 1922 was, like, Mr. Finelli and then mm-hmm. the owner and then, and then his son. Now it's yeah. the owner and so his son. So it's very... How long have they had it? Not, like, 1980. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a long time. Are they nice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they got a lot to deal with. I mean, the, the bar has transitioned a lot during yeah. COVID. Yeah. So it was very different before. What was it like before? It was just very neighborhood meets, mm-hmm. you know, uh, international people. And now it's very, like, I don't know, influencers and young mm-hmm. kids at night and, like, espresso martinis and, like, oh, I'm live. Yeah. You know, going live from, you know, like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, see an old guy with a hamburger and, like, a scotch. <laughs> But it's a really great location. Yeah, it so is. So it's hard has, to... Has it been in movies? It has. Uh, State of Grace. Okay. That was filmed there. I mean, it's used a lot in background, mm-hmm. but they really yeah. try to not have people film inside because mm-hmm. then it takes away from, like, Work. the neighborhood aspect of yeah. it. Like, it should be accessible. Yeah. Not like, that oh, we're sense. closed. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of the same way unless they give me a lot of money. Yeah. So, um, location scouts, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> I would like a lot of money uh, to to film in my bars. <laughs> it's just there's not many bars that look like that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very. And the finale coveted. sign is iconic. Like I feel like it was on the opening of Saturday Night Live once or something like that. It's I just think like, it might have been. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I parked my bike outside a lot, and some guy started selling a T-shirt with my bike with a sign on it. And I'm like, <laughs> can I get one of those T-shirts? Yeah. It's like $30. And I'm like, You're like, fuck. That's my bike. You owe me royalties. Oh, that's my bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how was, uh, tell me about COVID at Finale's. What happened? Uh, did you guys shut down? We did very briefly. Mm-hmm. It was like maybe two or three months down. Okay. And then they started just opening the kiosk outside, which mm-hmm. we usually do for like soup and sandwiches for like people that work in the neighborhood. But those okay. no one working in the neighborhood. Yeah. So it pretty much just became like an outpost of like alcoholic drinks uh-huh. for people. I and mean, that's amazing that you had that yeah, to that use, was, right? That was good. Yeah. That, that was in place. But uh, we didn't really have any tables or anywhere mm-hmm. for people to sit outside. So people just kind of congregated. We luckily have, like, a lot of good neighborhood people from, mm-hmm. like, Supreme or our okay. friends. And so it would be, like, 25 skateboarders show up and want to have veggie burgers and weird nice. Aperol spritzes because they're not So afraid. did the whole staff come back? for that or no no it was very select mm-hmm. and then because it just wasn't like there was nobody inside yeah so it was like one person in that little kiosk 
Yeah. And then the one person didn't really work out. So <laughs> it was a bunch of other people kind of filling in the gaps. And then, mm-hmm. like, okay, we should get tables outside. And mm-hmm. It was really cold there, like, the next, yeah. the next year. You know, and I got married in June of 2020. So I was like, I just congratulations. Wanna, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to take a couple moments off. Yeah. And he worked there as well, so he came back mm-hmm. and we worked together for a minute. Nice. My husband and I work together. Sometimes it's wonderful. Sometimes it's yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I think for him, he was It's mostly like, wonderful. Yeah. I mean, I just want to be with him all the time. Mm-hmm. I think we worked really well together. But oh, that's great. Like, yeah. He's at the ear in now. I don't know. Oh, know. is he? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a I very have... similar bar. Um, I had Angela from the Ear in on here. Do you know Did Angela? You? Yeah, I love her. Not She's all. one of my favorite bartenders of all time. <laughs> she knows it. She knows it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I know Angela. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Where is she? <laughs> we she all, works over here somewhere. She works at Stone Park. And um, my partners here also used to work at Stone Park. And my Got partner it. Henry is very good friends with her. But I, I know her from Stone Park. And, um, and I mean... I don't know how, I mean, it's, it's her accent and her, like, great personality, but how she gets away with just calling everybody love, and I've tried to do something like that, because I have a bad memory and I can't remember people's names, and I'm like, you know, thanks, hun, thanks, love, and it sounds so condescending hun is, hun is worse than love. when I say, like, any of, there's none of those work coming out of my mouth. Like, it always sounds like I'm being a bitch, so I just... Yeah, I don't use them. It you gotta work get for creative me. with the pronouns. Sometimes yeah. you know you're like, ah, oh, hey guy, but guy. Yeah, but then what do you say to a woman? I say buddy, buddy, hey, hey buddy. No, but but it depends on how Listen, you get Like <laughs> for some reason, any of those like name replacements sound like I'm being a cunt. Like, there's no, it just, whatever it is about my affect, I cannot pull it off. You gotta, yeah, you gotta sell it. Yeah. Because there's a I don't lot know. of people I think it's that too I've late known for, me. for a long time, <laughs> and I don't know their names. Yeah. And, and I know their drinks, and it's too late to ask and, for their And names. you're like, hey, rum and coke. Love yeah, you. Doors. Yeah. Doors, bro. But you know, they got the decision. <laughs> Drinking doors isn't a bro. Yeah. <laughs> doers, sir. I used sir to drink doers. I used to drink doers on the rocks. Did you? Yeah. Why? Because it's I was underage idea. and I thought nobody would suspect if yeah. I drank doers on the rocks. I had I was some like, chicks today. I was like, <laughs> these chicks look 20, 19. Uh huh. She goes, oh, I have a gin martini dirty straight up. I go, really? Let me see your ID. <laughs> but if she had been like, hey, let me get a do is on the rocks, you'd have been like, she looks young, but she's obviously not. No? Her, her other <laughs> buddy gave it away. I was, she's uh. like, oh, can I get a three beans espresso martini? I'm like, I have no espresso beans here. <laughs> she's like, it's a kind of vodka. And I was like, oh, oh all right, IDs, IDs. Yeah, sorry. You're pissing me off I mean, the espresso already. martini gave it away the way, like, Cosmopolitans used to give it away, the way uh, apple martinis used to give it away. And, yeah, now all those people are 50 years old and I you know. never question their order. I You're know. like, apple teeny, all right, lady. 
<laughs> like we live in the like good we old don't days. even have Apple anymore. That was a phase. Don't you get it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and you guys always had food. So you yes. didn't have to get food to, to appease Cuomo. No. I mean, it, it got a little weird, you know, not having a full staff kitchen. Yeah. But yeah. And we then, did like focaccia, weirdly. Okay. Made in house, and then I don't know what else they were doing. Like I, I kind of, I, I dipped out for a good six months during like the height of the problems. All right. Just enjoyed my Sounds husband. Smart. Ate a bunch of oysters and played <laughs> golf with my buddies. I'm so jealous. <laughs> my my husband and I were like in the trenches making the food because we didn't we didn't have food before. We like sort of had food, and. I decided, like, if we if we have to sell food, we have to sell food that we make. Otherwise, we're not going to make any money on this food, and we also have to close at ten. So, we might as well like be a restaurant now, I guess. So, but I had never like hired a kitchen staff. We barely even had a kitchen. We had like a toaster oven and a George Foreman grill. That's good enough. And yeah. So it's like me and my husband like slicing meat and making sandwiches every single day. Um, so that wasn't fun. What um, what was your menu? Um, we still have it. So so <laughs> you kept it we, intact. Well, yeah, because like people. So so we used to get our sandwiches from a local shop, Brancaccio's, where their sandwiches were amazing, but they were expensive, and the point was just to like keep people from leaving. So when we had to open and do, like, to go, I was like, um, well, we're going to have to make sandwiches and we're going to have to make a profit on it instead of, like, yeah. buying them and throwing them away in two days. So we had a slicer that my partner... Like a real slicer? Like a deli slicer wow. that my partner bought because we, like, weren't quite sure what we were going to do when we opened and we never used it. So we, like, pulled it out. We, like, dusted it off. We, like, bought some meat from Jetro and we were making like roast beef sandwiches and nice. turkey sandwiches yeah and then I was like oh the meat from Jetro isn't that good so I like found this like Polish purveyor and now we have um, we have a corned beef sandwich we have a smoked turkey BLT Fabulous. we like make the bacon we do a caprese we do Here? a grilled cheese um, at, at Hinterlands oh, okay. yeah and we have the, Minnie's actually has a kitchen area um, but it's like in the back room and Hinterlands just has like a little kitchenette that we're like behind the bar doing. And so um, we were like slicing meat and, you know, we do this really awesome Reuben and we do these grilled. I love a Reuben. Yeah. We do it's these. My favorite um, sandwich. You'll have to come to Hinterlands. We do these grilled cheese sandwiches on like marble bread that we cook yes. in the George Foreman grill. And it's kind of awesome. And then we started getting like a lunch crowd because people are working from home. <laughs> And they're like, come in. And I, and I was like, oh, no, now we're a restaurant. Oh, what's happening? Yeah, which is a whole other and, problem. Yeah. And it's, and it's like like brightly lit. And we have like a big window. So it kind of looks like a cafe. Um, and then I couldn't be like, all right, we don't have to do sandwiches anymore. Bye-bye. Because people liked them. So I hired a sandwich person. Yeah, and now we have what, a person. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Like bartenders aren't sandwich. No, and it, and they would have to, and they still because I that's can't a afford hard to have. Sell. It is. That's a it hard is. Sell. And I like whenever I I train somebody and I'm like, and you kind of have to make some sandwiches, and and I'm <laughs> like, that would probably be my breaking point if I was taking the job. I'd be like, wait, I have to make sandwiches? Like, no. 
So yeah. we, I try to make it as easy. Like we pre-assemble them and you just have to like put the meat in the bread and then, but we have a person four days a week and then way better three, than bartenders doing it. Yeah. And then three days a week, the bartender has to like put the meat in the bread and give the person the Yeah, sandwich. I worked so at Roebling like, Inn for a Oh, minute. okay. Yeah, Vanessa worked there too. And I was like, so yeah. what do you want me to do with this bratwurst? <laughs> I was like, no. What? And throws your rhythm off I was so like, oh much. My God, I know. no. Like, I can't. Like, I did it, mm. but I wasn't the happiest bartender doing it. Yeah, I know. I appreciate my staff so much that and they're, like, willing to... My, Nicked into my chi, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, you have to walk away, and then there's, like, a timer that beeps. and Yeah. 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 And then uh, here at Minis, we have, like, the little pizza oven behind the bar, and so... Everybody has cool. to do it now. Yeah? Uh, pretty much. I mean, we, we had to anyway. Like, if you got a liquor... If you got your liquor license after, like, 2004, then you had to have food anyway. True. So... Very Every true. place has it, unless you're older. So we we had some kind of food. Just now we had to do more. So we got through it. And then, so I came to Finelli's to check your spot. And it was packed. Uh, nuts to butts, heinies to jinies. Yeah. And, and, um, it's packed. Yeah. And I sat outside. And I ran into two of my friends that I hadn't seen in like 10 years sitting outside at Finelli's. And then I was like, oh, good, there's a seat next to them. So that was kind of awesome. It was so perfect. Yeah, because I was like, I don't know where you're going to sit. Yeah. And, uh, and it all worked out. <laughs> well, thanks for yeah. checking me out over there. Of course. I have, um, I have a little segment that I call You Won't Believe the Fucking Day I Had um, on this podcast. Got it. And I encourage people to email me and tell me about the day they had. And if anybody would like to email me, it is I Know The Owner Podcast at Gmail. And you can just be like, you won't believe the fucking day I had, blah, blah, blah. Or if you see a good, like, Reddit about a bartender or a waiter or something like that, um, you could just forward that to me um, because I, I don't often get those emails. <laughs> so I go on Reddit and I look at, am I the asshole? Are you familiar? Um, people will be in a situation where they're like, wait, was I the asshole in this situation? Oh, or I, was am, the other? I am yeah. familiar with that. Yeah. Yes. And so I try to find, am I the assholes that have to do with the bar business? I have a perfect um, person. You have a perfect person for you to talk to. Awesome. Um, right now? Not right now. Okay. Well, next week, maybe. Oh, awesome. Um, so I went to Am I the Asshole, and I copied and pasted a few, and I'm going to read one, and then we're going to talk about it. I remembered my glasses, so I'm going to give you options, because I have three Am I the Assholes that I saved... And so we've got, this one, is, this one is long. Am I the asshole for talking back to a customer and returning their tip? <laughs> we have, would I be the asshole if I told my coworker to stop trying to get customers to come in on his shift? And then, because I Googled bar, am I the asshole for not splitting my Hershey bar? 
<laughs> nothing to do with the bar, but I was like, that's hilarious. Which one do you want to talk about? Me, myself. Yeah. Oh, the first one, obviously. The, yeah, that's a good one. All right. And um, one of these days I'm going to learn to edit these because this one is long, but maybe I can try to trim it down as we go. Okay. Am I the asshole for talking back to a customer and returning their tip? I, 23 female, work in a small town bar and grill. It's a fairly large establishment for a town of a thousand and can seat close to 200 people. Um, <laughs> we had only... We only had three servers for a Saturday night, meaning one server per section. The section I was responsible for seats 52 people. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eight tables total. I don't understand how a, a town of 1,000 people has a restaurant that can seat 200. That's that is 20% the only restaurant of town. the town can be in that restaurant at one time. What are they <laughs> serving, too? That's what I want to know. I don't know. I need Better to know be where this is. Better something really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't you know. want the chili? You don't like want the chili. <laughs> you get the chili. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we also have chili at Hinterlands. <laughs> the chili comes with right everything all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no options. No options. Um, so 52 people while also handling the bar. Seats 20. And to go orders. <laughs> wow. Typically one order every five to ten minutes. Wow. <laughs> Honey, see if that works. You were working too hard. <laughs> Outside of our assigned 40-plus customers each to care for, as you can expect, things fell behind. I had a, a group of younger friends come in together, and they asked if they could sit at a different table. I kindly explained to them I'd be happy to move them. However, with people still waiting to order food and needing drinks, it would be about 20 minutes before I could bust and sanitize the table to swap them. I totally thought this was a different one, but that's fine. <laughs> Five <laughs> minutes later... They switched to the dirty table anyways. I love it when that right? happens. I was unaware until another table of mine that had stayed behind to chat handed me $20 saying, I overheard your conversation with the other customers. They have moved and I don't think they'll tip. I thanked the man and quickly resumed my tasks. After catching up roughly 15 minutes later, I went to their table, cleaned off everything and took their order. One of the ladies looked at me and screamed asking, what the fuck is wrong with me? I kindly reiterated that I had explained before, due to my current task list for those already waiting <laughs> and only having a total of three servers in the restaurant, I was in fact serious when I said, do you not know these people? Because there's only a thousand people in your town. There were like 3,000 people in my junior high. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I was in fact serious when I said it would take me close to 20 minutes to clear out a new table for them, and by them moving, I now gained another table in my section that further set me back. Oh, I love it when that happens. <laughs> the woman then proceeded to say, if you can't handle your job, with the air quotes, maybe get a new one. When she paid her tab, she rounded up to the next dollar. Wow. Leaving me with a 48 cent tip on a $140 bill. No. That was a lot of chili. I returned her change, looked her in the eyes, and said, Clearly, you need this more than I do. I hope life gets better for you. She screamed at me again, calling me a bitch and yelling to fellow patrons at the bar seats, stating that she will never return. I mean, where are you going to go? She will never one, return because of me. There's one restaurant. Yeah. After the adrenaline wore down, I began to feel as if my emotions got the best of me 
and I probably could have handled the situation better. She never called the restaurant to complain or anything, but I did tell the manager and my boss, who is also the owner, about the situation. They just laughed, and I have faced no repercussions. Outsider POV and advice is very appreciated. Am I the asshole? (laughs) No. No. No, you are not the asshole. You're working too hard. And I don't, I don't know why every single person in the town goes out at the same time. 48 cents on 100? I would have slide tackled the grandma out yeah. of the door. Um, I, go, I go back, like, I've gone through phases. Um, there's, there's, like, a couple of years of Charlene where I'm like, eh, whatever. And then there's a couple of years where, like, that 48 cents would have been embedded in your fucking forehead. Like, I would have thrown it so hard at you, it would have just stuck there. Yeah. So, I think... <laughs> I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I've done both. Mm-hmm. It depends on my mood. Yes. A lot of times when I realize people are that cheap, I just mm-hmm. want them to leave as fast as possible. Yeah. And, like, flip the seats. Just, Ex- like, get out. Except that I... I, like, might want them to just sit there so that nobody else sits there because I'm fucking exhausted. That's too many tables. I felt tables. that today. Yeah. Like, today and You're yesterday. You're like, please don't like, leave. a lot of times, they're like, oh, I want to leave. And I'm like, please don't leave because <laughs> else is you gonna leave. And what happens a lot of times, like, Thursday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mm-hmm. is the whole bar leaves at once. Oh. And there's dirty everything everywhere. And then they go, oh, my God, it's free space. Uh-huh. And, like... Six, five, four people walk in and they're like, oh, this is great. Oh, oh we just saw no. one. I'm like, no. No. I'm like, that seat is hot. <laughs> like a huge human fart. <laughs> like you're sitting on top of it. You're sitting on a And fart. like a pile of napkins. <laughs> and like, now I'm going to have to deal with you. <laughs> and they're like mad because it's dirty. And it's like, there's not enough time to clean everything. And then they just expect that like, you know, you're just like, you're their only attendant and like yeah. the whole restaurant is doing its own thing. And I'm, <laughs> it's so hard. Um, yeah, it happened to me today. It happened today? And you were like, please don't go? I try not to look at people's tips a lot of time because I don't want to judge yeah. them. Um, but I also want to know who tips me well. Yeah, and I also, I feel like since everybody pays with a credit card now... Like, you used to just know after the first drink, like, who's a good tipper and who's not. And now you don't know till the end because everybody runs a tab and tips at the end. So you don't, unless they're regulars, you well, don't really no know. I have no paper receipt either. Oh, yeah. You guys have that machine. That's so annoying. Yeah, that's right. I still, and this is why I think, like, my time is over. Because I, a few times in the past few weeks, people have come over to me with, like, a machine. They're like, here's your tab. And they like show me the machine, and then they're standing there, and I'm like, I don't, I don't like this treatment. Like, I want you to put this down discreetly. Yeah, give me a moment. You know, put the check down discreetly so nobody knows what it says, and it's a big secret. And then walk away. That's what it's supposed to be. And I also still pay cash. Thank you for that. I'm a relic. We all thank you for that. (laughs) Some places don't take cash. That's that's not legal, but they still do it. I don't go there. Yeah. I'm like, I, uh, you don't want cash? What's your problem? Yeah. At least let me tip in cash. I always do uh, that. I think a lot of places um, decided to use the, like, dirty money COVID excuse to be cash-free. Bogus. And, uh, yeah, it's bogus. Bullshit. Bogus. It's bogus. If I can snort cocaine through that dollar. 
<laughs> I can, you can put it in your register. <laughs> I agree. Like, come on. Don't act like everything has to be acknowledged by the government. Yeah. There's kind of... Do you have time? There's kind of another one that I thought this was, but I just remembered it was not an Am I the Asshole. It was something that I saw, like, on Facebook, and I saved it, and it was, it was like, more offensive. And Who is the writer? This is, Who's the writer of it? Yeah. Um, I found, like, I found it. Because my friend is... He just, like, I thought it, he was talking about somebody else, and he was, like, explaining this whole thing the other day, and I'm like, you wrote that? And he's a really good writer and bartender. This is deceitful customer tries to cancel generous tip when date isn't looking. Server oh, brutally no. exposes him. No. Um, and this is, like, this is something that popped up in my Facebook feed from, like, cheeseburger.com. Um and it's like, they got it off Reddit, and then they like, so, okay. We had a guy come in last night with his date. Throughout the evening, he was the picture of courtesy and good manners. He complimented me, thanked me every time I came to refresh waters or check on the table, made a point to be forgiving of a kitchen mistake, super extra nice. The dream customer, really. I appreciated it, but I didn't delude myself that I was the source and figured he was just in a good mood because the date was going well. They were chatting, laughing, having a great time. So I assumed it was an indirect, I was an indirect beneficiary. He was certainly in some kind of celebratory mood because he was sparing no expense. He asked for our highest quality wine. She got our most expensive entree. He ordered one of every appetizer for her to sample. Uh, when she made a remark that she was having trouble deciding, it was a real feast. So the evening starts wrapping up, and I get their check, and I ask if they'll be together or separate. Obviously not New York. <laughs> she starts yeah. to say separate, but he makes a big deal of saying, oh, are you kidding? Together. Definitely together. You never have to pay when you're with me, babe. Oh. And so on and so forth. Then slides me a credit card. I get everything sorted and bring out the receipt. He fills it out, and it came to two eighty nine total. He doesn't even blink and makes a big show of leaving a $100 tip. He thanks me for my service and emphasizes what a lovely night they've had. Of course, a tip that size is exceptional, so I thanked him profusely. He said there was no need to thank him and goes on a big tear about how underappreciated waitstaff are and to just think of it as a stand-in for all the ingrates who didn't treat me right, going, don't plan to tip. Don't plan to eat out, you know? Looking at, at the mesmerized girl the whole time and not giving me a glance. I could care less where he was looking. I was looking at the upcoming hundred bucks. I thanked him again and said I hope to see them back soon, and that was that. So he helps her into her coat, and off they go. Great night. I was riding high. About 90 seconds later, he's back in the door without her going, I think I left my... Then when the door shut and looking to make sure she was out of earshot, he goes... Without the slightest shade of shame or embarrassment, mark the tip down to 20 bucks, hun. I was just playing what? it up for my date. You understand. And turns to go. <laughs> uh, I understood, but not how he hoped I would. But I couldn't make a scene in the middle of work. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And also like, wow, what a dick. 
um, I couldn't make a scene in the middle of work. That's not my place. So I just said one more time in order to give his conscience a chance to sink in. Okay, sir, you'd like to amend your tip from the $100 to $20? Is that correct? And even though I didn't show a hint of displeasure in my voice, he shot back extremely hostile. Yes, and if I see a cent over the 20 on there, I'm going to dispute the whole meal with my credit vendor, so don't try to pull anything. The most frustrating part of this for me was not even going from an over 30% tip to under 10%, but rather that this poor girl was being strung along, right? With no idea of who the guy was behind her back. It was extremely manipulative of him, which is a major red flag, and... I've had my fair share of toxic relationships, blah, 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 blah. But again, I was at work, and that just wasn't my place. So I altered the bill, and that was that. Then, just in time, something occurred to me, and I darted outside hoping to catch them in the parking lot. Yes. (laughs) I got lucky, so I flagged him down and rushed across the street, nearly stumbling into traffic in my haste for a delicious moment. His date was already in the car, but rolled down her window since no one expects the waitress to follow you out to your car, (laughs) waving her arms like a crazy person. I made it across and said more than loudly enough for her to hear, Sir, we amended your tip from 100 down to 20 as you requested, but you'll actually need to fill out a different receipt reflecting (laughs) your new total for our records. Your old receipt still has your original tip, of 100 written on it. But since you just came in and asked us to charge you 20, instead, we can't have a discrepancy in our records. I hope you understand. This is just a bookkeeping regulation (laughs) that goes way above me. It has nothing to do with your retroactively downgrading your tip from 20, from 100 to 20. (laughs) We are just glad you enjoyed your evening. That's amazing. Um, his jaw was on the floor. He tried to pretend as though he didn't know what I was talking about, trying to give me some line about, I think you're after someone else. I'd only come back because I forgot my keys, but I would not let it rest. The more he played dumb, <laughs> the more I repeated versions of, you wanted to change your tip from 100 down to 20. You came back in and on and on. Perfect. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. so we went back and forth for a few more seconds when he finally said, okay, whatever, Uh, sorry for the miscommunication. If you need me to fill out a new receipt, I can. And I totally, even Keeled was like, you only need to fill out a new receipt if you want to change your tip from 100 (laughs) down to 20. (laughs) And I'm guessing he didn't have the money in his account because he did it. He filled out the new receipt. His girlfriend was visibly shocked. And the man was staring daggers through me. You could feel the rage emanating off him. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then they drove off I'm sure never to patronize our restaurant again But hopefully never to go out together again either Which would make it totally worth it um, So That was not an I, Am I the asshole But it's such a good story <laughs> I hope that she understands mm-hmm. Who she's dealing with I hope so too um, thank, Thankfully for that waitress she probably does And she probably saved that woman Like months of gaslighting. Have you ever done that yourself, though, where you know where one person is something that they're acting like they're not, and then you uh-huh. try to have, like, a through-your-eyeballs conversation? 
Yes. With who the person they are dealing um, with is not who they think they are. I mean, I've had like, I've had the girlfriend like pick up the tip that the boyfriend left, like left the boyfriend left like insufficient funds. Yeah, like the boyfriend <laughs> left a twenty and the or like four fives, and the girlfriend took two of the fives. Oh, that yeah. Move. I've had that happen. Um, and I've definitely that had is scandalous. Yeah, I've had that ha- happen many times. I have not had that happen. Yeah, twenty-three uh, years of bartending, none of that. Yeah, I've maybe had that I happen. just didn't notice. Maybe, and um, and then I've also had like the same regular come in with two different girls. I hate that, and I hate it too. And I hate this that. one guy used to bring two women in that looked very much alike, of course, and, and had similar <laughs> sounding names. And, and we would all be like, oh, man, we saw you yesterday. And you'd be like, no, no, no. And we're like, oh. Um, but then as I got older. <laughs> I'd go to another restaurant. Yeah. But now that I'm older, like every so often, like I have a regular that's like, oh, yeah, don't tell my wife you saw me here. And I'm like, no, I don't uh, play that game. I don't I don't, play sorry, that game I don't either. play that game. Not anymore. <laughs> nope. I don't. Don't lie to your wife. I'm not. I'm not your secret keeper. I'm way too old mm-hmm. for that. Like I'm like no way. Yeah. I'm like I can't remember my own fucking lies. I got to remember your lies. <laughs> That's why I, I don't really have lies because, like I said, I can't remember them. <laughs> They're way too hard to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Come like, on. I have like seven brain cells left. Yeah. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a horrible situation. No, I usually when it's like a, a really large tip that like should be large mm-hmm. and it's not, I just make some kind of witty remark on the way out just to really just uh-huh. cut them in the nuts. Like what? Uh, I don't know. Like Because sometimes I check- guess you're, you, you said you were a bigger deal than you were. Or yeah. Because like, it'll be like, I'm this and I'm that and here I am. Uh-huh. Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, and there's your 5% tip. Yeah. Yeah, like the check will be $300 and they'll leave you <laughs> a 20 and you're like, that's not a good tip. But I don't want to be tacky. Yeah. So, I so you don't have be to like. tacky. So you got to like verbally yes. get creative. Yes. yes. I think that's a lot of bartending is this verbal creativity. Yes. Like when hey, I heard. you want to punch that guy in the face. I don't think you should. How do I make that not happen? Yes. How do I verbally punch him in the face? Yeah. How do um, I? How do I yeah, assault you said, on another level? Like, take your forty-eight cents. You need it more than me. Like that. That was a little bit nails on a chalkboard because that. That's like a rookie line. Now you're like, as low as they are. Yeah. Like I would rather you said something like really, really it's biting. creative writing. Yeah. Yeah. What happens exactly. that way? But it's on the fly, so it's like um, okay. Like, how do I deal with this right now? Yeah. I did have kind of a perfect, like, a perfect chain of events waitressing. It's, like, my best waitressing story. Um, if I mean, we'll go over. You have time? All right. Um, so I was working at the Sheridan, and it was one of those days. I worked at a sports bar at the Sheridan called Hudson's. It was one of those days where, like, somebody had called out, and we used to get, like, Everybody coming in at once before the theater, and then everybody coming in at once after that. the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And it was, it was me all alone, and I was having one of those magical days where I was slammed, but everything was just working out. Like, I was getting the soups, and I was getting the apps, and my drinks were showing up, yeah. like, right on time, and everybody knew <laughs> yeah. that I was in a rush. And um, also, the kitchen 
where we got our food was like 150 feet away from the nearest table because there was one kitchen for like three restaurants. So we had to like go into the back and then walk all the way to like the, re- the kitchen for the other restaurant. And it was all one kitchen. And so we also used to like for French onion soup, we had to pour the onion soup in the crock and like give it to the chef. Oh god! And then the chef as a bartender? No, it was as a, as a, as as a, a waitress. waitress. And then for salad, we had to like pour our own salad dressing. So it was a lot. And I had, um, it was like an L. So I had like four tables on one L and two tables on the other side. And I had a table of four and they had ordered, um, I heard them order three soups. And I went and I got the soups and I put them down. And then the fourth woman was like, where's my soup? And I was like, I'm sorry, I must not have heard you order it. Not like you didn't order it. You yeah. know, I took the blame. And then she's like, the service is terrible here. That's why all your customers are, are leaving and they're saying you're terrible. And just as she said that. <laughs> Either that or the Broadway show starting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just as she said that, a, cust- a, a customer that was sitting by himself at another table who had just closed out was walking by. And I said to him, excuse me, sir, how was your service tonight? Um, And he goes, oh, it was great. And I looked at the woman and I said, thanks. (laughs) And and she goes, you bitch. And I was. Like, I Uh, did it. it I did it in a way. It was an opportunity. I did it in a way. Like, if you had written down everything I said, I couldn't get in trouble. But I did it in a way that I was being a bitch. And she started it and she did, but I finished it <laughs> and I was like, oh, ma'am, oh my goodness, you can't speak to me like that. I'm going to have to get my manager. And she was like, I'm going to get a manager. And she got up and walked out of the restaurant into the lobby. And I was like, she's running out on her check. She's running out on her check. Security. <laughs> swarm, swarm, swarm. <laughs> and um, take her down. <laughs> and that was one of the few times that my manager actually backed me up. Which was very oh, rare that's nice. because this customer called me a bitch and then like tried to walk out on the check, which was not true. <laughs> but it was it was like this perfect chain of events where like everything fell into place and I knew exactly what to say at what moment and it like never happened before or since. But it was pretty awesome. It's nice when that works. Yeah, but I like it when I can just kind of humiliate customers in yes. front of other customers. Like yes. in, in like in an appropriate way, yeah. not inappropriate. Exactly. Just, just like let's the just same get amount. this straight. Yeah. Here you I are. Here charge. I am. You need to act right. I had a guy. <laughs> I had a guy last week that he was like sixty years old. I'm slammed. Uh-huh. Multiple D people, and he's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, I see you. You're hungry. Yes, you have uh-huh. a beer. There's also forty five people here that have not gotten a drink yet. You know, I didn't say that to him, but it just said, oh, you're hungry. Uh-huh. And just looked at him. And he's, like, he's, like, he's 60 years old. Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh. Mommy. Wow. Mommy, I'm hungry. <laughs> like, it was like, drop everything, which I did. I was like, oh, what can I do for you now? And he was so fabulous. And I was like... Oh, you want a cheeseburger? How do you want that cooked? (laughs) And I'm like, why do I have to even ask people how they want their cheeseburgers cooked at this ripe old age of 44 years old? I'll do it. I do it. Mm -hmm. 
But that job was weird because I, like, I'd been at other just bar bars forever. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh my God, I deal with food now. I know. That was I like know. a little bit of like a, you know, nick into my yeah lame ego of a whatever year old. And I'm like, oh, how do you want your cheeseburger cooked? Yeah. And I'm like, God, who am I? Are going to talk about cheeseburgers? This is horrible. What if I don't want to talk about cheese that day? not fair. But I get it. Like, you know, yeah. I've been there forever and I'm just like, whatever, cheeseburger. How do you yeah. want to fucking cook? Yeah. Like, let's go. Moving <laughs> right along. Like, whatever. Uh-huh. Like, I don't care. You're even, you're eating a cheeseburger. I'm serving you a cheeseburger. <laughs> this is horrible. But this is life. Yes. <laughs> yes. And at least I get to do it with, like, some dignity and panache and, yeah. like, and a fabulous setting and, and I walk away with And if cash. they're jerks, you can be like, hey, you have to act right. And go Which is fuck nice. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get to say that. <laughs> um, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Can people come see you at Finelli's? Uh, yeah. You want to tell them when? Finelli's. You don't have to, but if you want them to come find you, you could, you could promo yeah. your shifts. Or just go to Finelli's. See if she's there. If she's not there, someone else awesome is going to be there. Yeah, or... Um, yeah, I got some things in the mix. What do you got in the but mix? I, but I don't want to. You don't want to. You don't have to. anything right now. We can come back and you but can text me about it, and I'll mention it on a future episode. I'll be like, remember yeah, Claire? She got some things in the in mix. The future. All right. Yeah, no, my husband I know. and I got some things in the mix. I'm. Uh, but yeah, go to the ear in. Visit my oh, husband. Oh yeah, go to the ear in. I gotta. I gotta get him on, and I gotta go to the ear in. Colin. Yeah. Old treadmill master. Yes. Her husband was one of the people that helped me with the treadmill that I talked about in an earlier episode. <laughs> with Kieran Blake. So, with Kieran Blake. So if you want to go back to the Kieran Blake episode and hear about um, Kieran and Colin uh, carrying a treadmill up to my apartment, it's pretty hilarious. Um, and I want to say come out to Minnie's in Sunset Park. Um, we have karaoke on Saturdays. Um, it's too late for me to promote our uh, third anniversary, first anniversary party, because our first anniversary was March 16th of 2020. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is going to be our first anniversary party. And uh, come to Hinterlands. And also I want to thank Alex Smith, my producer, and you can check him out on the Big Howl and Possum podcast. And Hal Dottie's Fast Track. Um, and why not? Listen to my husband's podcast, The Flop House. And this has been I Know the Owner. I'm Charlene Wellington. And I am Claire Huntington. And thank you so much for being here. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> I know the owner.